0: Hello and welcome to the Middle East Forum Speaker Webinar Series. I'm Stacey Roman and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to, oh, sorry. <laughs> I just made a deep accident. Uh, we're pleased to have Drake Fatah, founder of the Muslim Canadian Congress, join us to discuss Islamism in the West, how we got here and how we defeat it. Mr. Fatah will speak for 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type out your question. And with that I'll turn the discussion over to Mr. Tariq Fatah.
1: I believe you're still muted though. Okay, I'll unmute myself. Well thank you very much for having me over. It's a privilege to be with the Middle East Forum. Um, uh, And uh, somehow I've always maintained that it is not Middle East, it is uh, almost around the world that we are facing these problems of Islamism, or the issue of Islam, and it doesn't necessarily originate uh, today in the Middle East, though it did, uh, it was born over there, and I'm not talking of Islam, I'm talking specifically of Islamism, which, by the way, is the primary threat to Western civilization, or generally, uh, the West. Uh, it, it's also, Uh, Worth noting that the founders of this ideology of Islamism, which in Arabic, the Muslim Brotherhood refers to al-Islamiyah, its founders were from the West, uh, specifically Sayyid Qutb of the Muslim Brotherhood in um, Egypt, who during his stay in the United States saw uh, what he considered the evil West that had drifted away from uh, the true paths as we Muslims say in our prayers and uh, inserted the word al islamia instead of just Islam uh, into the objectives of the Muslim Brotherhood. And this has spread uh, primarily not just in, uh, in Egypt or uh, say Saudi Arabia or Syria where there has been uh, a great fear of this movement both from the right and the left, whether it was the early communists of uh, Syria and Iraq or the uh, royal family of Saudi Arabia, all of them had this fear of what this notion of uh, using Islam to install a political ideology. That in a nutshell was what Islamism is and was and which has its biggest base today, not in Egypt, but in uh, the country that was the first Islamic state ever produced, that is the Islamic State of Pakistan. And as many of us, uh, perhaps many of us do not know, that most Muslims are not Arabs. And the largest Muslim center, uh, uh, its population, is the Indian subcontinent, which is India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh. All other Arab countries could just uh, be swallowed in that vast, uh, well, 250, 200, about half a billion Muslims who live there, who do not speak Arabic, but who dream of and are sincerely committed to the notion of the day of judgment not coming until all um, Hindus and uh, Christians would be defeated in what what the ideology says is Rome or Hind. And I'd like to touch on that because the people who brought Islamism into the West were not the Muslims who converted to Islam. They were not the Malcolm X's of the world or uh, even his followers or his predecessors. It was this internationalist idea that the West has to be crushed before we can install uh, or implement God's uh, law on earth, which most Muslims, at least the political ones, consider it their destiny, and who live in the United States, they live in the United Kingdom, they live in France, uh, and uh, who sincerely uh, believe it, uh, that is their mission. And so Islamism, uh, to, uh, I would suggest to my, uh, um, the people listening to it here, is one of the most serious threats that exists uh, for the United States and its allies uh, primarily in Europe and to a greater degree uh, to India and to some degree China and China has taken one course, which is the total elimination of every aspect of Islamic society in the areas where Muslims are a majority, uh, contrasted that with India, where Muslims virtually have had for the last 70 years a veto where no law can be brought in if it goes against the political interests of the Muslim minority. Very diverse way of dealing with it. Uh, But when the Um, uh, the Muslims of Pakistan primarily in northern India migrated to the United Kingdom and the United States and North Africans went to France, uh, Moroccans went to uh, uh, the Netherlands where by the way today there are street fights going on and it is primarily about the mixing of these two forms of worldview, these contradicting uh, views of the world as to what? What is our destiny? What do we really want as a people? Most people in the West have sort of limited that to which vacation they're going to take um, and what's going to happen after uh, the flights are lifted or the bans are lifted. The approach towards leisure and professional sport is so much the opposite of what is in the mind of the American Muslim. I'm talking of those who came from uh, Arab countries and Pakistan that I don't think the vast majority of Americans even understand why the Muslim Students uh, Association, the MSAs, exist in every university and every urban high school. Why they have mosques in every place. Who are the people who give lectures over there? What is the role of the hijab? Where did it come from? Because in my childhood, And even in my university days, I never heard the word hijab, nor did I ever see it anywhere. But uh, post-Cold War, it has mushroomed right across where you've had a member of the Congress change 200 years of American law simply on the first day of her sitting and wear a headdress. Uh, So what I would suggest to you is that 9-11 has somehow been forgotten as the main crisis. If in the United States today, you would ask, what is the real problem here? You'd have most people talking about the impeachment proceedings going on in the Senate right now. If you'd say, well, what is the long-term problem? I don't think uh, Islamism would appear in the top 10. Why? Because We have failed to grasp what happened on 9-11. And we still haven't got around the fact that the Muslim Brotherhood exists. The Texas terrorist, terror funding trial determined as to who was involved, what they were up to. But we forgot because for us, the next uh, football match or the ice hockey match is more important. And uh, Western society is at that level of leisure where uh, it becomes vulnerable to those who have come specifically to damage the spine of what is the post-reformation, the post-enlightenment period, the last 400 years of what made North America what it is, what made Canada or the United States into different forms of democracies and why freedom of press and freedom of speech are so fundamental to our existence. And how that very right is fought by every enlightened Muslim that I have ever met, because they would not allow freedom of speech lest they be challenged and be argued against as to you are a people who are cursing Jews and Christians 72 times a day in your prayers, yet in the interfaith meetings that you have with rabbis and priests, this never comes up because nobody is willing to be labeled a racist. So being underneath that, every time we go to a mosque, the five times that we go there, we pray towards Mecca, and we read that prayer, put us, oh, God, put us on the right path, not the path of those who were led astray or the path of those who who you have cursed. And when the question is raised, who are these people? Are we talking of gun runners, you know, uh, child molesters? No, the first are the Christians and the second are the Jews. Now this is not said and this is not read but it is in the Hadith books that interpret the prayer. So we have an option. I'm giving this just as an example. We have an option in the United States to tell the the bearded mullahs who run the affairs in the minds of most Muslims, can you denounce this understanding and say that when we say, do not put us on the wrong path, we mean the path of those who hurt others or who profiteer or those who uh, exploit uh, child pornography or those who um, cross borders with illegal uh, documents, say anything. But why don't we ask this question as to who are you referring to? It has never been raised and whenever it has come up in a discussion, it it has come up in a way that is uh, truly uh, uh, gives away the questioner's disdain for Islam, which means end of the debate. But mind you, the Islamist kills Muslims before he reaches out to anyone else. So you get half a million Muslims killed in, uh, what is it, uh, Syria. The Pakistanis killed three million Bangladeshis, all Muslim. Afghanistan, the Muslims have been killing Muslims. And the Muslims throughout the history, even beheaded the grandson of Prophet Muhammad and kicked his head around in Damascus where they formed the latest version of Islam that is the Umayyad dynasty that spread and uh, was founded by people who were hostile to Muhammad. None of that is taught, none of that is challenged, none of that uh, viewpoint which would allow us who oppose Islamism as Muslims to knock the foundation from underneath them. The Muslim Brotherhood today is well entrenched in every university, in every NGO that you could find. And it is now in the hands of the second generation who do not have an accent. It it has gone from not the early Muslims of North America who were primarily uh, of African descent, who came here and grew up during the slave trade. The first Muslims that came here were there. Even after the end of slavery and the civil rights and everything, nobody ever heard an African Muslim say that I want to destroy the United States. Well, perhaps some did, but you know, I'm not talking of Black Panthers or anyone, I'm talking of uh, Malcolm X and his followers. It didn't occur. They wanted a change in society. What we have today from the Islamists of Pakistan and the Middle East, And, dare I say, the great ally of the United States, Turkey. One of the most vicious branches of radical Islam that has come out today is Turkey. It's not even Iran, because Iranians, the overseas Iranians who settle in America, are one of the most well-read and educated opponents of Islamism. Whereas the Turks have great pride in the new Sultan that is coming up. And their view of 600 years of ruling over the low, uh, lowly Iranian or or Arab is suddenly finding uh, glory again in Erdogan. And Erdogan is there because the West wanted him to be there. Remember he was a NATO ally just under the belly of the Soviet Union as was Pakistan, as was Iran at one time. And we are today paying the price that we never ever tried to instill within these allies of America or the West, which was called CENTO, uh, the the NATO of um, uh, uh, the Asian alliance, the Central Treaty Organization, it was not done. And today we are uh, harvesting that hostility that came with it that the Americans are here to destroy us. Why? This is very significant because the Jews control America. In every aspect of anti-Americanism, there's a fine sprinkling of anti-Semitism that is poured all over it. And it's done because it is considered legitimate. Our behavior, our hostility, I mean our as in Muslim hostility towards the West and to adherence to Islamism is because the Jew. The very fundamental hostility to uh, uh, force or anti-Semitism today is Islamism. And we sneak away by it and get away by pointing fingers at the right people by uh, this notion oh we are Abrahamic brothers. No we are not. Every day in every household the whole notion of the Yehud and the Hunud as the enemies of Islam are who? The Hindu and the Jew. Well, they're afraid of the Christians because the Christians colonized them. So there is no such hostility there. But the opposite of the Muslim belief of Tawheed, which is one God, is not Judaism or Hinduism. It is Christianity. And it seems that all the agencies that the West has set up the NGOs, the funding, all the formulas have only enriched those who run them. Because nobody is willing to stand up today and rise up against uh, the freedom given to the beheader of, uh, uh, I forget the name, uh, the, the gentleman who was beheaded in Karachi, Pakistan nothing happened. One would have expected the mosques of the United States of America, or Canada, or Europe to rise up and say, this is not acceptable. The man who murdered that young journalist or the Wall Street Journal has been freed. There is no grounds for someone who slaughters another person on, la- on television and spreads the tape around to get around free. And you can go everywhere from Estonia to Poland to France. Anywhere I have gone, including Holland and Great Britain, the fundamental schism that divides society is the imposition of Islamism within Western society. People don't get upset when you have a Muslim neighbor. People get upset when the Muslim neighbor demands that five times a day prayer should be read from loudspeakers, which is happening in Toronto. Do you expect someone to be woken up at five in the morning because the mosque has installed a loudspeaker and the entire neighborhood has to get up with it? This happens in India all the time. Nobody dares tell the guy, no, the loudspeaker was in, Invented by the Ku'far, the people who are outside the faith of Islam. you did not have anything to do with electricity, and Islam's glorious days when they spread all over and conquered all were done without electricity and without megaphones. But who's going to build the cap? No Western politician risks being called a racist. and no Muslim who genuinely believes that something is being done in their name would like to do so uh, free of cost. Entire careers have been built now by people who are former radicals. You'll notice this. The same radicals who've been caught are now advising the Mounties, the police, the CIA, (laughs) the FBI. They're sitting there and giving their BS while all of us are just sitting there in wonderment as to what will it take for someone to understand that party A wishes to wipe out all existence of party B and they have a name for it. They have a promise that Muslims will live forever, but only after they die. That you could date your girlfriend only after you are dead when you could have dozens of them. Except if you are the king or the Nawab or whatever you may call, you could have 200 or the sultans of Turkey who sometimes had 500. And that's why the sons always fought and there was always bloodshed. But we have to someday wake up and understand that the 9-11 not in our lifetime, but of the 17th century, that was fought on the gates of Vienna and where the Lithuanians and the Poles defeated the Turks, no one in the Muslim psyche who's uh, with the Muslim psyche in political Islam has forgotten that. It was no coincidence that New York was attacked on 9-11 because 9-11 to us is a completely different date than 9-11 for the Western world or the Christian juda christian world. Our 9-11 was our defeat in the gates of Vienna. And there's a promise to come back and avenge that defeat. And the Turks, they are the ones who are waiting to do that. And they've done it by aid from the United States of America. Iran, that was an ally of the United States We sent the Ayatollah on an Air France flight to take over and slaughter tens of thousands of people. Every military dictator in Pakistan is supported by the United States, every dictator. In Indonesia in 1964, about a million communists were killed, wiped out by the Islamists and thrown the, uh, the rest of them were thrown on islands from which they never returned. Thank God Indonesia is a secular modern country which honors its Hindu ancestry by flying the Garuda airline, by having uh, Krishna on the uh, symbols, by respecting the statues of the ancestors. But you go out of that belt of Eastern Islam where trade brought in Islam and you see the whole notion of Muslims slaughtering Muslim in 90% Muslim countries. What makes Pakistani Sunni Muslims kill Pakistani Shia Muslims, or drive out from their country, Ahmadi Muslims? Or Iran and Turkey have a 500-year war in which, by the way, the West was supporting Iran when The Turks had the sultans and were attacking Europe. Part of the Turkish army was held on the Eastern border by Europe supporting the Iranian sultans. But that's another story to tell. The point being that if we cannot single-mindedly agree that Islamism is a threat to Western civilization, and I'm not saying Islam, Islamism is the use of Islam as a political force. People have the right to believe in whatever they wish to. They could be atheists or they could be uh, Christians or agnostics or Zoroastrians, whatever. It's the basic, fundamental, universal human right according to the 1948 UN Declaration of Fundamental Human Rights. But when you mix a religion and use it not just to destroy, but to brainwash your future generations and plant them in every academic circle and say that this land is not your home. This is where God has sent you to destroy it. Who's going to stand up against that? You will need to have Muslims who believe that Western civilization constitutionalism, what comes from the Greeks, what comes from uh, Reformation and the Enlightenment period is us. When we start owning that, then we will defend it. But as long as the leadership fighting Islamism is non-Muslim, they will be able to say, look, we told you the kuffar are out there to hurt us. That is why 72 times a day, we throw curses at Jews and Christians in the United States of America in every mosque in places like India, Europe, anywhere you go. That is the challenge and that is my suggestion that this is a fight between Muslims who believe in Western civilization and their fight and their responsibility to expose those who enter the United States of Canada With a single goal, the erosion of Western liberal democracy, the elimination of freedom of speech and the subjugation of anyone who does not believe. In Islam, thank you very much, and I look forward to uh, any uh, questions uh, that you may have. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much for that. Um, we will be going until one forty-five. if that's all right. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gay. <laughs> Wonderful. So we have quite a few questions coming in. Uh, the first one is, how can anyone separate Islamism and Islam since they both, both use the same Quran?
1: Well, it's not the Quran that is, uh, under debate. It is the Sharia law that was written Uh, about 100 to 200 years after Prophet Muhammad had died. I maintain, and uh, it's a controversial view, that Islam died the day Prophet Muhammad died. Because this man, uh, for whatever view you may have, created an enormous force from a locust-eating, desert-living place, which nobody even wanted to rule. There was no king, there was nobody over there. He changed that. And in the end, when he asked for a pen and paper, they refused to provide it to him and built a story that Muhammad was illiterate. Therefore, we couldn't give him a pen and paper. But he's the guy who asked for the pen and paper. Then, with 18 hours, his body lay in the May heat of Medina desert while people fought outside as to who's going to succeed him. And the man who said that black and white are equal, his followers said that the tribe of the Quraysh are superior than the people who are called Ansars, which means it was almost like a apartheid. And even till today in Iran, mind you, a, non, a, 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 a an Iranian cannot be the supreme leader. He has to be of Arab origin. That is why they wear a black uh, hat. Nobody knows this. So if you're an Iranian, you lost your job. You have to be of Arab origin to become the supreme leader of India. So that apartheid within Islam and racism was built in and to an extent that in the 14th century, almost when all the caliphates were winding up, a great uh, scholar who's the founder of uh, Wahhabi Islam said it is a sin for a non-Arab to, be cons- to consider himself equal to an Arab. So Islam is something that is based on uh, five essential uh, acts of worship. And Islamism is something that keeps them aside and makes Arab supremacy and Islamic supremacy as the ultimate goal equivalent to what is uh, white supremacy, equivalent to apartheid in South Africa, equivalent to uh, fascist dictatorships anywhere. And that is why the belt of North Africa is so conducive to horrible dictatorships right through the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries.
0: Great, thank you so much. Um, so if you, Muslims politicians, are willing to speak out against Islamism, what hope is there for stopping its advance in the West?
1: It's a very dangerous thing. Some of us do that uh, 24 hours a day, whatever time is available to us. There are some very brave men and women in the United States who who I think have backed out because they cannot find support. Because every funding that comes from the US government ends up in the hands of the Muslim Brotherhood front organizations. They've got their grip on every politician. You go to their homes, they've got Democrats and Republican photographs in different rooms. They can fool the American system and Sometimes I feel uh, the simplicity of how we are seen by the whole society alarms me.
0: Understood. So along that line, can you touch on the issues of being seen as politically correct and why this is leading to a dangerous situation?
1: Well, look, look, look at the word Islamophobia. People are not worried about Islam. People are worried about Muslims who would bring in a goat to their condominium and slaughter it in the tub so that the goat is halal, the meat is halal. People are worried about the cultural aspects of living as a Muslim and where the woman has to walk behind the husband where a member of the Congress has now wrapped a piece of cloth over her head, not what her culture determines, but what political Islam determines. And we cannot criticize her. The the, uh, uh, the head cloth worn by traditional Somalis or Pakistanis are different. The hijab specifically is a political flag of the Muslim Brotherhood. And it is sitting in the house of the Congress. With everybody saying, oh, we're so cute. We look at us. We even have our enemies sitting right with us. So political correctness is allowing us to open the gates of Vienna.
0: Thank you. And are there any advisors or members of the Biden team that we should be aware of, given your talk?
1: (laughs) There are two. There are two women from uh, uh, Muslim women from Kashmir, who are very well known to be uh, anti-India, which is in the the entire developing world, America's only democratic ally. And uh, their job will be to uh, sow uh, differences, spread rumors and uh, make India sound as if it's a fascist state. Anyone in the United States who today is working uh, to undermine India as a democratic liberal state in the developing world, the only one, is working for the Muslim Brotherhood. Let me be absolutely clear. And they don't have to be uh, from India. They could very well be from Pakistan. I don't think the Arabs or the Iranians even care to know what is beyond the Himalayas. For them, dragons and fires, (laughs) Goa and, you know, that part of the world starts at the western edge of the Himalayan mountains. That is why Israel also doesn't care if Pakistan has 200 nukes pointed towards it. This is all part of how we view the world. Pakistan's entire nuclear uh, arsenal is pointed towards Europe and Israel. And none of them are concerned because they think of Pakistanis As Uber drivers or corner store operators, you know, people as watchmen somewhere, you know, talking with a strange accent like, you know, uh, what's his name in the uh, Big Bang Theory. So we fit into that criteria and they get away with it.
0: So are there any Muslim nations that provide equal rights to all religions with full protection to those who practice their religions?
1: i think to a certain degree indonesia and uh, bangladesh uh, which has a uh, very rich history of women fighting for the rights uh, of women i in my youth when uh, in the, in 1970 i was in prison in pakistan the equivalent to my organizations um, uh, party in which then east pakistan was a woman motia chaudhry Um, uh, and she was known as the tongue of fire, and she still is in the cabinet uh, of uh, the Prime Minister, who herself is a woman, and they've outlawed uh, religious organizations altogether. And they have finally taken, uh, 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 given the death sentence to those who carried out the genocide in 1971. So there are, I think India has a huge potential. It has about 200 million Muslims, Um, but it's having a rough time by the machinations of a very odd country, which is Pakistan, which is one of the most corrupt countries in the the world, uh, which has an army that fights that kills only its civilians. And you'd be surprised the biggest, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed is a Pakistani, Uh, Bin Laden was living in Pakistan, All the terrorists live in Pakistan, but the Americans are always blind to Pakistan. You know, a CIA uh, officer was arrested and uh, uh, he got out luckily, but they had to pay someone. That entire country is so corrupt, you could pay a judge. Today, there are riots taking place in Islamabad. Now, mind you, it's a new city that was called Islamabad. 1947, nothing was there. They built a city, called it Islamabad. You can't be more uh, synchronized to political Islam than Pakistan. Its founder should have been tried posthumously for child molestation. He ran away with his friend's daughter who was just 16 and he was 45. He ate pork, he drank whiskey, He had never prayed in his life, they made him the founder of the Islamic State of Pakistan. So you can imagine the dishonesty. I mean, it is everything that is dishonest is apparent to us, but we cover it up in solidarity. Oh, brother, I am your brother, Muslim. Alhamdulillah, (laughs) MashaAllah. And they get away with it. More Palestinians have been killed by Muslims than the Jews could even if they wanted to. This Pakistani general Ziaul Haq killed 20,000 Palestinians in Jordan. He became the president of Pakistan, loved by the Americans. So you, uh, by the way, he, he died in an air crash with the US ambassador sitting next to him. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a drama that you can create, I, I, I might even become a playwright and go on with this. Innocent Americans taken to the cleaners. (laughs) Go ahead, I'm sorry. It's very funny.
0: Oh, goodness. (laughs) Um, So are there any Muslim organizations in the West that expose and promote non-political Islam and not Islamism?
1: We had in Canada two such organizations. Uh, There was the Muslim Canadian Congress our uh, goal was to make sure there was no racism towards Muslims, but we always maintained that if you have not sworn an oath to the constitution of Canada, then you're not a Canadian. So get the hell out of here and go back to Somalia or wherever you want to bring Islam. There are, there are 50 countries that are stuck in the medieval era. If you're dying to create that zone over here, let's go. I'll buy one-way tickets for anyone who promises he won't come back. But don't turn it's amazingly lovely country that like Canada. Honest to God, when our champion won the New York tennis, she said, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the essence of decency Canada. And you come here to destroy it. There were Toronto 18, 18 terrorists that were trained to blow up Canada's uh, structures. They were all gone because the Mounties always get their man, as they say, this time they got their 18 men. But there is there are very few who are challenging the ethics and morality of dishonesty. There's an entire culture that says, well, they are kufar like you are, not a Muslim, so you are kafir. Uh, You know, the word even went to South Africa in a disparaging way. And they say, it is okay if I am dishonest to someone who's not a Muslim. I cheated them. People chat in social gatherings about how they conned someone.
0: All right, now for the main question. How do you suggest we reform Islamism toward a more peaceful belief system? And is it even possible? It's not possible. Islamism is a
1: direct challenge to the religion of Islam. And we have to make Muslims understand that. The essence of Islam was a wealth tax of two percent, two and a half percent on wealth that every year You cannot think of any other system where equity was such a deep essence of it, the notion that black and white are equal. In every respect. was noted by Malcolm X when he visited Saudi Arabia, where he was shocked. Uh, Look, there are multiple things in Islam which are simply not acceptable because Islam defends slavery. So. It sometimes surprises me when so many Blacks convert to Islam without asking the gentleman who's converting them that I think you should denounce and say that this aspect of the Quran is not applicable because uh, we already have uh, simply accepted because of Western pressure to not have concubines. The Quran gives permission to all Muslims to, to take one, two, three, four, and what your right hand possesses, which means four wives and as many concubines as you please. But you don't know of anyone quietly out of disgrace or shame, Muslims said, we we can't do this, or they send us to Utah, but sorry. (laughs) They they wanna be in New York and LA, (laughs) but Sorry, my apologies to the good people of Utah, but they are doing this. And there are people who are worried that this is wrong. Most Muslims think this is wrong, but who wants to live with the threat of acid being thrown on your um, family members, of slurs or your children having to face this notion, every school in Canada, urban school in Canada today has a mosque. No Jew or Hindu goes, oh, sorry, sir. I got to pray in the middle of the day. No, (laughs) they want to get a break, get out, get hold of, you know, maybe they are not allowed to take a drag and come back. And you've got this entire cafeteria is blocked off for Muslim prayer. One of the leading newspapers of this country in Canada. When you enter the newsroom, there's a mosque there. <laughs> it doesn't have many Muslims. But the reminder is there. So it was called a prayer room. I went there and put some Hindu statues over there. You know, <laughs> I said, it should be open to all. There were no Hindus praying in the middle of the day. Nobody prays at noon. It's say, oh God, sun's up, I got to pray, man somebody has to come up and say Islam allows us to go home and pray I'm not kidding you these are not compulsory prayers every Muslim knows that he can go home and pray one at a time like but they want every other person to know I am be afraid of me I'm from the 9-11 tribe isn't that so why would they be praying in the middle of a hall on the middle of a a, a shopping mall. With legs stretched out, arms bidden, like you know, tough guys, no moustaches, strange beards, people get scared. And now if people, you say, why do they get scared? Well, look like a nice person and people won't get scared. Give people a smile, say, hello, how are you doing? So it's very simple, honest to God, it doesn't take a special segment of the U.S. administration to do this. I'll do it for free for them, honest to God. You tell them. (laughs) You could have a Middle East Forum special unit to take care of jihadis and Islamists.
0: All right, and for our last question of the day, our viewer writes, coming from Iran and experiencing what you so eloquently discussed, how can we bring more awareness to the greater community?
1: You have done, I'll tell you the Iranian expatriate community has done more than its share of telling the world what they have suffered through. You know, the Iranians have a history of suffering that uh, when I study it as uh, my ancestry is Punjabi, when I look at what they've gone through and how they've maintained their culture, their civilization the beautiful poetry, the poets, the the architecture. It is a model for the rest of the world to follow if they have to follow. But Iran somehow ends up being the most hated. Why? Because they're mostly Shia. And so Pakistanis have no problem with Jinnah who was a Shia making a Sunni country. (laughs) It's full of humor. I think if one went on as a Muslim on the uh, you know, Saturday Night Live or some stage like this, people love, they wouldn't hate Muslims, there would be no Islamophobia, there would be simply amazement. How did you guys survive so long <laughs> under so much oppression? <laughs> so uh, I ha- I'm positive about the future because I'm I'm left of center, and I, I see development of human uh, society as uh, getting better. Uh, and uh, that is why I don't think when people say, oh, the left is getting together, this is not, Greta is not from the left. She's um, driving uh, on sailing on million dollar boats, <laughs> talking about homosexual turtles, you know, but uh, nobody's talking about unemployed people in Africa, everywhere. Just in the last one year, billions went to just a handful of people. One guy at Twitter told the president of America that I'm banning you. Can you imagine that? And nobody said, oh, really? Oh, well, Jack looks handsome. Look at his beard. Oh, he's so rugged. He could kill a tiger with his bare hands. That's the imagery they give. Big beard, tough billionaire. They made 20 billion in exactly the year where everyone went bankrupt. (laughs) So those are the issues people come up, and I I hope Muslims start integrating. And the first thing is stop keeping Arabic names. Why should Pakistanis have Arab names? I've always asked, you're from India, why don't you have Indian names? Why, why, Turks can have Turkish names, but why not in America have American names? You know, there are so many Johns around, you know, you could just say, okay, I'm going to be Lewis, for example. What would happen if someone's name was mainstream American? You move there for what? You want French names, go to France. You want German names, go to Germany. You can't, you don't want Arab names, but go to the United States. You go to Arabia and they'll tell you what your social position is. They'll put you under their feet, treat you like slaves. And then you'll say, ah, that's wonderful. I kept my name as an Arab. He graciously welcomed me into his fold. No, I've stayed 10 years in the Middle East. I know how they treat blacks and Asians and all that. It's just unbelievable. Aren't you glad it's all over?
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much. Unfortunately, thank you so
1: much. Take
0: care. Thank you for taking time to speak with us today. Bye -bye. Bye Bye bye. For our viewers, please be on the lookout for our weekly webinar offerings email coming out over the weekend. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a great day. Thanks.